with Aaron, Polly, Wayne, and Andrew. This is Aaron. This is Paul. Sorry, I just a boy. You want me to do that again? <laughs> no, I want. We're doing it live, Aaron. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> this is this is what happens when you're on two different podcasts. Right. Oh wait, Only we have other people two? on podcasts. I mean, this is Wayne. I'm on like five different podcasts. Hey, I'm Andrew, and uh, I just have the one that I care about. This one. And you're barely on this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. We might have a special guest star today. Uh, if my finger is not too quick on the mute button. Who is it? Um, is it Evangeline Lilly? <laughs> not with that haircut. Um, I did not care for the hair. Did not care for the hair. I don't uh, think Mich- anyone does. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, yes, I, I wish. See now, now, now we're speaking my language. That's right. Uh, no, <laughs> Michelle I, I, Pfeiffer. I, I get a guess by context. Evangeline Lilly is who plays uh, Wasp. Yes. Because that was a horrible haircut. See, well, all I had to say was the hair. It wasn't. And me. even Wayne knew who I was talking about. Wayne, who doesn't know any actors' names. <laughs> well, he didn't know her name. To be fair, he just got fair. her contextual clues in the top. It's, he's already game. forgotten what her name is. Really, <laughs> I, I'm like Chad GPT. I can put together the pieces. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that hair was not great. I walked out of uh, walked out of the theaters. We were driving home. Wife and I saw it together Friday night, and I was like, mm, I do not care for her hair in this movie. Yeah. Did she walk out saying, you know what? I'd really like that haircut. Like, no, no, she did not. She, she did not. <laughs> I, I am certain that women all over the world are demanding the wasp haircut. They just go into their stylist. Give me the wasp. The wasp. Yeah. <laughs> Karens all over the world. <laughs> well, there was more to Ant-Man and the wasp quantumania than Evangeline Lilly's hair. Oh, wait, I didn't say my the special guest star is that we're dog sitting here. That we all are? All four of us? <laughs> all four of us are dogs. It's four men and a dog. And a dog. <laughs> we're going uh, to pitch this as a script to uh, Warner Brothers next week. Uh, exactly. four, four guys and a dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm certainly glad to have, uh, I don't know, Ted Danson play me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if they shut us down, we'll pitch it to Netflix, and then we'll get a season and get canceled. Exactly. It's, uh, we'll get the paycheck. It's a, weekend we'll at Bernie's. Me. it's a weekend at Bernie's meets Air Bud. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I like actually, it. Riley kind of looks like her, but now that you mention it, oh, golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, no, she's um, I don't know, what is she? I don't know dog breeds. I don't even know why I went down that path. Like I was gonna know what the dog <laughs> breeds. <laughs> but oh. no, so uh, if my mouse, if 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 I'm not quick on the mute button, Riley may bark randomly. But that's besides the point. We are here to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. So when did you all see it? I saw it on opening Friday. I Same. saw it opening Saturday. Opening no, I saw it Saturday. Friday. I saw it you Friday. saw it Friday, Aaron. Yeah, you took off work. I took off work. That's correct. Sorry, it's been yeah. a long week. Get off my back, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hide that I took off work to see a stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did a matinee on opening Saturday. Okay. Now, did we see this? Uh, I saw it with my wife. Were you guys accompanied by anybody, or, or are you flying solo for these I, events? I saw it with the wife as well. Not your Same wife, here. my wife. I, I saw, saw it with all of your wives. Your wives. well it is paul i can't blame her uh well yeah so you know i think there's a few controversial topics to talk about beyond uh you know evangeline lily's uh harry but what overall overall did you guys enjoy it or not enjoy it i loved it i I was very entertained i i I very i was I, i very much enjoyed the movie i laughed i enjoyed the visuals i i mean at no point did i want to stand up and walk out of the theater as i did with wakanda forever yeah. Paul, I also oh, loved it, and uh, 
I don't know that I've ever gone back and rewatched the second Ant Man. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch this one definitely when it comes to streaming. I um I did not love it. Of course, I, didn't, I, I enjoyed because it because Paul was that guy. Paul <laughs> hates good things. No, no, no. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I, I had a lot of issues with it, but overall, like I left the movie. I'm like, okay, that was fun, but like it's over now. I'm fine. I don't need to revisit it. Um, I, I will agree with Wayne that I found it better than the second Ant Man, but I still think the first is my preference. Oh, well, I agree. I think the first the first film is by far the better film. Uh, I find the second Ant Man movie, even though I enjoyed it, to be rather forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I really enjoyed all the world building that occurred in what I will characterize as the microverse. Uh, yeah. But what they're calling is the you know quantum universe or whatever. But uh, I, I I dug it. I dug it quite a bit. Andrew? So, yeah, I I enjoyed it overall. It was a def, uh, distinctly different feel than the first two. You know, the first two are both caper movies of different types, essentially, with right. a lot more humor. Whereas this, uh, you know, uh, fell much more into dramatic and family relationships. And like you said, uh, you know, open rebellion against a stronger force. So uh, it was a different feel for it. Uh, so I missed a lot of the humor uh, that were in the mm-hmm. first two. There were some. There were some. But it wasn't nearly at the level as the first one, especially. Yeah, it was uh, much more standard superhero film yes. than heist movie. Although and my wife pointed out, because, you know, her least favorite part of Marvel movies are the fight scenes. And she right. liked it because there was not a whole lot compared to your average Marvel movie. There was not a whole lot of fighting going on. So she she appreciated that there was more story, more drama. So, uh, yeah. So uh, controversial question. What do you guys think about MODOK? You know, I typically am not a big MODOK fan, but where where MODOK won me over in this movie is Darren. <laughs> Every Holy time. shit that cracked me up Darren <laughs> yeah. for me Modoc was both the best and worst thing about the movie Yeah, when he comes in and he is this like killer robot thing ready to attack I thought it was awesome like, they actually did Modoc and they made him like cool in live action but every time he kept taking the mask off and talking it was too much over the top camp for the rest of the movie. Darren just drove me crazy being too much. Yep. So I, uh, I, uh, somewhere in between you guys there, uh, uh, yeah, once they said, you know, mechanized organism design, I was like, oh God, Modoc's in this movie. And then again, yeah, he looked very badass when he flew and was tearing stuff up. And I think it could have been good. I didn't like the CGI. I, I enjoyed the humor that Darren brought when, you know, he would flip the mask up because, you know, it was uh, I like the humor in the Ant-Man movies. But uh, I felt the CGI was bad. They should have done a little more alteration. They should have given more of a deeper lined face. They should have made his I, voice. I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah. I don't the disagree at all. CGI should have been better on the facial effects. I thought there was a, a shockingly small amount of attention paid to it considering how much CGI went into this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh but they spent know. a lot of detail on the CGI of his tiny little butt, though. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and his little legs. I I loved the Quantum Universe aliens. Oh, the gorgeous. You know, the the, the, the guy who's asking about their holes. Yeah. Uh, Vep, Veb, whatever his name is. Veb, uh, yeah. I, I, I loved him. And then the guy with the big, you know, cone forehead. You know, laser, I, I, laser face. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved the designs. I loved how they were used. I I, I just I, I really dug it. I, I dug the the or, organic technology 
that, you know, uh, Hank Pym is interacting with, you know, to, to, to fly the glider thing, uh, which put me in mind of, you know, they could really do a Warriors of Plasm movie. You know, not that anyone is crying out for a Warriors of Plasm. <laughs> I was about to say, that will never happen, Aaron. <laughs> but was but, anyone yeah. crying out for a microverse movie? I, you know, I well, am. Yeah, because yeah, right, yeah. the next thing you know, a Croyer shows up. But uh, God, I, I, I did. I, I enjoyed how alien all the landscapes were. And yeah, you know, it's all CGI and whatnot. But it, the, the CGI felt more like a place. Uh, it felt tactile uh, more so than a lot of uh, such settings in, in similar movies. I, just, I felt like they just did a really nice job on most of the CG in this movie. It was more yeah. Avatar CG than than your average CG. You know, it was very mm-hmm. immersive. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kang, once he's in his suit, is as badass as I mm-hmm. wanted him to be. Yeah. Yeah. And Kang I love great. I love how you actually get a resolution in this movie, and then they explain why Kang's still a threat in the post credit sequence. Council of uh, Kings. You think, oh fuck the count, and you get to see a Mortis and yep. Ramses. I mean, yep. I'm just like, holy shit, this is deep cut stuff. I love Crimson, it. Crimson Centurion. Yeah, uh-huh. so, that's one thing I say. I love Jonathan Majors as Kang. I liked him in the Loki series. I like him even more seeing mm-hmm. him. In, uh, now he's had more room to to breathe in this. Right. Movie. Let's see. Paul's you know, quiet. I, I, yeah, yeah, you know, because I um. He's on the mute button. Yeah, I'm on the mute button. I'm, I'm, I'm trigger finger happy. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I actually disagree with a number of your points, Aaron. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on just one second. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I actually, so Modoc, I, I, I liked to, to Wayne's point. I liked Modoc when he had his, his armor on when he didn't, I almost, it, when, you know, he was just a big st- stupid head. I was like, ah, I know that's comic accurate. It doesn't really work though for me. Um, I, I felt like the 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 quantum realm for me. I was a little from a world building aspect. I just kind of I, I actually struggled a little bit with with the quantum realm world building because it kind of felt like there were no rules. They were just like we're just gonna put whatever we want here. Like it's the quantum realm. Anything's possible. Like none of these lands look alike. None of these. You, there's no two beings of the same kind. Um, there's breathable air, you know, uh, it, it, for, for me, it, it was, it was a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. And, and I know I'm being critical because even though I say I overall enjoyed it, there were for, as a cohesive whole, I, 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 it was fun bubblegum entertainment, but I had a lot of part problem with the individual parts and Kang, I thought was, was the standout as Jonathan majors, of course is Jonathan majors is going to be pretty much in every movie coming out for the next few months. He has, he's got Creed three this next week. Um, but you know, I, I felt like, you know, when you have Kang on screen, his, his presence is, is weighed down or his, you know, his menace is weighed down when Modoc is on screen. And, you know, I think to, to that end, I, I think my biggest gripe with the film was that it felt inconsistent to me. It felt like, yes, it was trying to be more serious, but then they were trying to inject campy humor, not even like mild fun adventure humor, but like straight up campy humor. And it felt a little discombobulated from, from my standpoint. It, none, none of the humor really landed for me because it felt so far removed from the story they were trying to tell. I felt that the Paul redness of it all really centered the humor for me. Mm hmm. Um, and I mean, I think if you'd had a different actor in that role, a different character in that role as well, 
um, it would have been problematic. But the uh, Paul Rudd just really carries it off. And I mean, the the cappers on each side of the movie where he's, you know, self monologuing, walking yes. through town. Yep. I just I think really frame the movie nicely. And his whole thing was, you know. I'm, I'm sure everything's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, when he's spiraling at the end and yeah. thinking about all the horrible stuff that did, did I do the right thing? And he's like, nah, it's, it's, yeah, fine. it's I'm sure it's fine. I'm it's sure fine. it's fine. I just, <laughs> God, uh, I, my, I spent, oh, I, there was a, we got about midway through the movie and all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, is somebody going to die in this one? Mm. You know, is, you know, and I was originally thinking, well, you know, it's probably going to be, you know, Janet, you know, Janet Van Dyne as as played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I, I was I was like, I, is she going to die? And then I was like, oh, God, you know, Cassie dies in the comics. Right. Is it going to be Cassie? Oh, Ant-Man dies in the comics. Is it going to be Scott? I mean, I was just like, who who are we going to lose? And I did spend some time really concerned that the lightheartedness of this film was going to, you know, turn super dark and that somebody was going to die. Um, I was happy that it didn't. I, I, li- I liked the lower stakes of this film, even though there were times where I was a little bit concerned, uh, you know, but that was all meta. It was all stuff that I knew from the comics versus what was being presented in the film. I dug it. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. You know, I yeah, like the I lower stakes once. of the first. Sorry, Wayne, go ahead. So I never once was concerned about Cassie dying because they're obviously setting up young Avengers and, uh, I have to say, I was really happy with the performance of the actress playing Cassie. You know, teen actresses and uh, actors, kids, things like that are always so hit or miss. Mm -hmm. And I thought she did a really incredible job with the character. Yeah, you know, I felt like that for me, it was very odd. And I understand that they were going for something different in this than the previous Ant-Mans. Because the the previous Ant-Mans definitely had, I felt, smaller stakes. Um than than this one right you know this this basically does have your giant hole in the sky multiverse at stake um you know kind of scenario but you know i, I don't know for i i i, I know i'm I, i'm i'm harshing on it quite a bit harshing my buzz Paul. harshing harshing the film but you know i i think one of the things that i found interesting is um you know i'm watching it and i knew the writer was jeff loveness who is also, I think, on tap to write the Kang Dynasty, maybe? The the guy from Rick and Morty? The guy from Rick and Morty. Yeah. And I got strong Rick and Morty vibes. And it didn't really hit me until they had there, there was a scene later in the film where the ant where like ants get sucked into the quantum realm with them, right? And they're like, the ants have evolved, they've built their own society, they built their own technology. I'm like, holy shit, that is straight up a Rick and Morty thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had the Council of Kangs, which I know is not not a comic thing. We've certainly right. had similar things in comics, but they're, you know, they have, we have a council of Ricks in, um, in Rick and Morty also. So I, I found a lot of similarities between what this, you know, this being almost a feature length Rick and Morty film. I think um, there is a council of Kings in the comics. There is, there is, there is. And I'm sure yeah, that's yeah. where the council of Ricks comes from, yeah. um, you know, in, in the show, but it, you know, there was a lot of the, 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 the similarities or the, you know, the, the things that they've used, I, I was, in, I found that interesting, not in a bad way, but it was it, I definitely got the Rick and Morty influence in uh, Quantum Mania. 
I will say that was one plot point that I wasn't a huge fan about the the Deus Ex ant with oh yeah they evolved thousands of years while we were doing this other stuff <laughs> kind of talking about you know different rules and different areas so uh, yeah that seemed like a little uh, out of left field but mm-hmm. a couple couple of quick things um, uh, Wayne you had mentioned Cassie Lang that's played by Catherine Newton she's 26 years old wow. Uh, Wow. Yeah, she was in uh, Freaky, I think, a few years back. So she's not not a teen actress. Uh, and then uh, what did you guys think about Bill Murray being in this movie? Did not care for Bill Murray in this yeah. movie. Yeah. I thought he was wasted, yeah. and it felt like he wasn't even in the room with the other actors. It was a bit part for someone uh, of his uh, of his acting skill, and you know we'll never see him again. Uh, and yeah. it was just it was kind of it was kind of you know what Paul had talked about things were seemed like they were pulling in different ways, and having Bill Murray show up to this you know ex rebel leader who betrays them to Kang uh, just didn't feel quite right. Yeah, I yeah. would rather have seen him as one of the rebels, you know, have him be amusing for a moment and then have him get wasted by Kang. You know, I think that would have been a a, a better use of Bill Murray. I just oh. I thought he was wasted. Yeah, maybe like a Brad Pitt type cameo, you know, from Deadpool or something. You know, right. it, it's yeah, I it, it, it definitely felt out of place and quite frankly, given all the controversy lately about Bill Murray, I kind of wish they just swapped him out because to your point, Aaron, it felt like he wasn't really in the room with them anyway. Yeah. So like just swap him out with all the green screen and computer technology. You really could have just plugged in someone who's a little less controversial in there. Well, now and I have homework. I did not know there was any controversy about him. Yeah. He's just really horrible to women. Apparently like not like sexually abusive, just really derogatory. And, and you know, I mean, I, I felt like that was a place in the film that could have been trimmed down. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the the extent of the dialogue in that scene was strictly to give Bill Murray something to say, mm-hmm. whereas I think you could have done you could have had a completely different actor there and probably saved yourself some time. But, so. you, you know, you made a good, you, you know, your your reference to, uh, you know, kind of that scene and, and extending it. One of the things I'm very grateful, very, very grateful for Quantum Mania is that it is only two hours long. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah, a re- reasonable length. <laughs> they, they they didn't give us a two and a half hour, two hour forty five minute Ant Man film. Just just a nice nice and two hour yeah. normal length movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, so for me, a high point. I really like the relationship between Paul Rudd, Catherine Newton, between father and daughter. Kind of the whole mm-hmm. you know lost time, making up for it, trying to teach her how to use her you know the the ant powers. Uh, I thought that was a great bit of it. Now mm-hmm. we all saw Loki in the the end scene. Right. Uh, my wife didn't see this, but I swear it happened. I've not gone online to look for it. Did you guys see Loki two other times in the movie? I did not. I did not. I didn't. I swear, if I need to go back and rewatch the movie. Or go. <laughs> did you perhaps it. do drugs before seeing the movie? Negative, sir. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, no. So in the opening sequence where he is walking, where Paul Rudd is walking down the street doing his first monologue, I swear uh, Hiddleston passes behind him out of focus, a little out of focus. But he's got the long black hair he, and he crosses oh. the screen from side to side. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Then in the uh, the assault scene on the, the, the quantum village where we meet uh, the rebel uh, leader and the guy with the cone face and, and all that the first time and they're attacked. I swear Hiddlestone is running in the background from side to side in one of the scenes slightly out of focus. Mm. And so I kept seeing him. I'm like, oh, this is all with the TVA and him doing things to like change yeah. and adjust variants in the timeline. Uh, but then I didn't see him again until the the um, the, the post credit scene. And, but I swear I need to go look online. I swear he was in there. Well, I I'm, did like I'm that post credit scene. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to watching it again when it hits uh, Disney stream in probably like 30 days or so. Yeah. I want to rewatch yeah. Loki before I rewatch Quantumania again. I don't know that I will rewatch Quantumania. I feel like yeah. I'm good. And, and, you know, again, I think for me, the standout was Jonathan Majors as Kang. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with with the rest of that storyline. But I think I'm, I'm good. I think it was a one and done for me. Yeah, I will definitely rewatch it. I, uh, Same. At least one yeah. more time uh, to look for things I missed in the background. It's not one I will rewatch, you know, once a year, probably. Uh, that'll be the first uh, two uh, that I yeah. watch more frequently, but I'll watch it every now and then. And I just want to watch again to look for things I might have missed. It is definitely a movie that I have a feeling there are Easter eggs all through the quantum realm that I didn't catch oh, I'm while sure watching it the first time. I'm sure there are. Oh, yeah. I, I'll probably rewatch. I probably watch Eternals for the first time. I. Before I watch oh. Quantumania again. Did you see that they announced Eternals 2? No. Yeah. I mean, not like on the timeline, but yes, apparently it's a thing. Why? Like, that movie was terrible. It was I still awful. I enjoyed so it. so bad. I I mean, so bad. I'm I on a comic it. book podcast and I still haven't seen it. That's yeah. like we I mean, I, I, I'm excited they're doing another Shang-Chi. I'm excited oh, yeah. about that news. But, whew, Eternals. Whew. Yeah. So are we done with Marvel movies this year? Was this the last one? I, no. No, there's Guardians coming out. Oh, Guardians. Guardians that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. All right. So that Guardians will be the next one. Yeah. Isn't it like July? I think it's coming soon too, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I'm and I did like that. I did like the trailer for Guardians three uh, uh, that they played before in our showing. They played before yeah. Ant Man. Very. Yeah, yeah I'm for. really excited about Guardians. Yeah, it was nice to see the. Uh, that was my first time to see the Guardians trailer on the big screen. Same with the Indiana Jones trailer. Oh yeah, same here. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, seems like I saw something else, too. I don't recall. Flash? Yes. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, as much as I can't stand Ezra Miller, uh, you that know. Looks I, it looks hot. God, so it looks good. great. It looks it looks really, really it does. good. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm aching to see it and be let down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I honestly think the movie is going to be terrible, but they are doing a good job with promoting it now. Because well, if you watch the trailer. trailer. Yeah. yeah, the trailer does not focus as much on him as it does all of the things that I think will bring people into the theaters. Michael Keaton. And yeah. I love that uh, Supergirl costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. all for, for I mean, everything I'm hearing or reading about, you know, all the advanced reviews, even even with as many times as the ending has been changed on that film, mm-hmm. people are still loving it in the pre in the advanced screenings. Um, and that's one of the, I think that's why they're still planning on releasing it because it's, it is just doing fantastically with the, the audiences. Um, despite the fact that, yes, this is now I think we're probably on the third or fourth iteration of the ending, um, that will actually be released. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got three Marvel movies and three DC movies this year, but Sa- Sally Aaron, no D- defiant press, um, Warriors of Plasma <laughs> movie on the way that I'm aware of. Maybe there'll be an announcement at, at, at Comic Con. You, you never know. Maybe. Maybe we just need to film it ourselves. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but you know, we 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 went from a Marvel movie and uh, we we didn't read any Marvel comics this week. No, but, I didn't. I don't think I even bought a Marvel comic this week. I bought Strange Academy. Oh, I did. That's I bought, right. I did. Buy yeah, Strange I bought Academy. She-Hulk. I just haven't read it yet. I didn't catch that She-Hulk I, came out this week. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll go and buy She-Hulk. I didn't realize that it came out. I missed well, it. What did? <laughs> well, the big new release this week was Superman number one. You know, the the new Dawn of DC Superman book, uh, written by Joshua Williamson, who also wrote Dark Crisis. Um, 
and art by uh, I don't know. Yeah. Art by Jamal Campbell. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I want to ask you guys about the art first because this art is very different. Very I don't want to say stylized, maybe stylized is the word for it, but it's not a traditional art we've seen in a main Superman book. I I thought the art was amazing. I thought the art was beautiful. Um it, it, at first it kind of gave me Francis Manipul in that Superboy book vibes. Um just maybe, you know, a little bit more textured. I don't know. I, I actually really liked the, the the art in this book. It it almost felt like I was watching a cartoon. I uh the artwork was fine. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I am I am neither a fan of it nor a uh, you know nor do I hate it. Uh, it was fine. I I did not care for this book. Though. Really? I I did not care for the story. I. Uh, I just it did I, I expected more and yeah there's a lot of setup going here going on here but I just did not uh, much care for this book. Yeah, so I found the art really inconsistent. There are pages that are just beautiful and amazing. That first page on the farm there I think is great. There's a, a panel with Lewis and Clark kissing that I think is incredible, and then there are other pages that just don't look right. Uh, from the story standpoint, it really fell flat for me. I I just did not care for the overall story. I um I actually you know what's fun and perhaps I went in with lower expectations because it's by the writer of Dark Crisis, <laughs> and I'm like this book's gonna suck. And I was pleasantly surprised that I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed that it was it for me felt like all right I'm reading a Superman comic like I'm reading a Superman comic. It didn't move the needle. You know, it, it, it's it's very much, for me, a modern Superman comic. Perry White has handed the reins of editor-in-chief over to Lois Lane. I do you like know, that part. I, I like that part of, yeah. uh, quite a bit. You know, we've got a little bit more modernization with, you know, Lex Luthor. And you've got kind of got this uh, Wolferman Hart scenario with Superman and LexCorp where they're basically offering him the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't care for that storyline but i do have to say the idea of a hologram lex you know just basically playing off of superman that's pretty fun it's funny how differently it struck us because i actually liked everything about this book except the ending because when it got to the last page i'm like hold on now i'm confused what just happened (laughs) yeah exactly i mean i get that that all of that was happening perhaps in his head uh, at least at the end of it. But, you know, what's going on? Where where are Superman's arms? <laughs> well, and I, 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 that, yeah, that was confusing for me. And I'm like, maybe that's not Superman. Maybe that's someone building a robot Superman. Well, I thought so, I too. I, but the uh, it sure does look like things have been cut off of him versus torn off or smashed. But, yes, I was I also thought, you know, is that a Superman robot? Uh, it was weird. And I, I got to tell you, I, I think. DC has falling into fallen into a habit on when they do these relaunches, you know, and you know, a bold new era of whatever story they're telling. They do that glimpses of future stories. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think that worked for them here. No, on the uh, riding the horse, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that'll be a, a great image when it actually comes out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So my take on that last page, I don't think any of this was a dream for Superman. I didn't get any of that, but that last page there, that to me, I looks like a bizarro. Mm-hmm. Like if you zoom in, 
the S is coming out too far on the side, making it look like we don't get a good look at it, but it looks like that's actually a reverse S. The face is white. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is somebody that is dissecting a bizarro and using the bizarro to create monsters and creatures to face. Them. Huh? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. The ending definitely confused me. I'm like, is that Superman? And this is all in his head. Is that someone building up bizarro? Yeah, it was, it was very unclear that last page, but it, it, they had me until then. Honestly, I, if this was, you know, if I was watching a cartoon, because like I said, the, the art in this style in this book definitely gave me cartoon vibes. If I was watching a cartoon of, of a modern Superman, you know, kind of here's where the current state is. Yeah, I, I, I'd be in. And I actually I quite enjoyed this book, not as much as I enjoyed um, Action Comics. Um, you know, uh, the, the the previous iteration of or the previous issue of Action Comics that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I liked it. So is anyone on? I'm, I'm on for issue two. I'm on to oh, see it, where the storyline goes. It's Superman. I'm there. Yeah, I'm not dropping off of it. Yeah. There is enough in it that I did like. I really loved Lois in charge of the Daily Planet. I, I loved did Clark doing reporting again. I didn't care for his look with the uh, the baseball cap and all of that. But and, and the great big headset. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, okay, why why is he wearing my dad's? Uh, uh, He's wearing noise canceling headphones to keep out Lex uh-huh, Luthor. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> that's what I yeah. got from it. That's what I mean. That's that's exactly what he says. But <laughs> you know, blech. yeah, yeah. I, 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 the only thing that I really responded to in this one was I I did very much like Lois as editor in chief. I think one of the, I think what I'm responding to with both of these Superman books. So far, because as far as Donna's of DC, we've really only had the two Superman books and I guess that one awful Green Lantern book. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm responding to is the feel of the Superman books. I think mm-hmm. that we are we're you know we're we're yeah we're we're definitely dealing with a brighter, sunnier, more fun Superman. Like the scene in this book where he he you know he officiates a marriage um, because the the wedding has been ruined by the villain. Like I was like okay. Like this, this is fun to me, right. and I, I like that that vibe. And I'm hoping that you know, one, I do hope this, you know, for for you guys, the story turns around and becomes something you're more interested in. But I, I I hope they embrace that that brighter, sunnier side of Superman for a little while. Mm-hmm. I love the joking with Jimmy about uh, yeah, have you about talking about his new girlfriend? Have you asked this one to marry you yet? <laughs> Yeah, it just feels like, you know, there they, it feels like there is an acknowledgement that we are progressing in Superman's story. Um, and that's what I like about both of these books. You know, we've got the super family. We've got Lois in, in charge. We've got, you know, references to Jimmy Olsen's <laughs> dating past. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I got to say another book that I well, a book that I actually enjoyed more, even though I've been really struggling a little bit with this series is uh, Deceased, War of the Undead Gods. Written by Tom Taylor, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, this series, I, I, you know, I've mentioned a few times that I've been struggling with the fact that it's just a little too cosmic. Like, it feels like the stakes have been removed because everything's so cosmic and big. You've, you've lost some of the emotional impact. Um, but this issue turned it around for me. And I know where there's only two more issues to go, but I loved the ending of this issue. I did, too. I thought that was a... Uh... That was a a nice change. Spoilers change to the specter, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. And you know, you see where it's going when 
when uh, Jim Corrigan is pulled out of the specter, you're, you're like, you can, you, you can sense where the story is moving. Um, so it's not, it was a surprise that it happened in the book, but once they, they put that out there and based on the emotion of the, the characters in the book, you know, where the, where the, where the spirit of wrath or spirit of vengeance is going to go. Uh, but I thought it was perfect. Yeah. I have I, to I, say he has really surprised me with his characters. The first arc of the series was one that uh, made me love Damian Wayne, mm-hmm. like a character that I absolutely hate. I love the deceased version of Damian. Mm-hmm. I think he's an incredible character. And I Alfred's already a character I love, but they have really pulled me into Alfred's story in this leg of the story. Well, and it, you know the fact that they've been building this since issue one, and I, you know, none of us really saw this coming until, like you said, Aaron, a few pages before it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I was like, okay, I appreciate, even though the Alfred bit has always been my favorite bit of this particular right. arc of deceased, I appreciate that it it built to this. I, I, I have one thing. So we haven't said it explicitly, but Alfred becomes the specter. He becomes yeah. the spirit of vengeance. And my only complaint is that when you get to see, you know, Alfred as the spirit of vengeance, I wish his costume would have changed. I wish that it would have been the butler's uniform, you know, in the green. Right. I mean, I I really wish that there had been elements of Alfred other than, you know, apparently his mustache. Uh, (laughs) Alfred got abs. With the, he did get it, he, you know, but, you know, I've, I've suspected that Alfred's had abs all along, but uh, <laughs> I, I just I, I wish that the the costume had changed a bit, you know, to, to bring in some of that Alfred flair, you know, that 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 properness. But the, <laughs> you know, Alfred Maybe goes no up, shirt, but with a bow tie over his. Yeah, head. exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, give, give him that Chippendales look. But uh, <laughs> the I, I love that. Alfred becomes the spirit of vengeance and immediately goes head to head with undead high father from the new gods and puts his fist through his head, through high father's head. Yes. I just absolutely love that. And you know, that that's the, that's the box that we end the, the book on, you know, is him just literally punching out high father's brains. Yeah. Well, and Paul, you've mentioned the, you know, getting back to kind of that emotional pull of the book that he does so well, mm-hmm. that scene between Superman and Kyle was another highlight yeah. of the book yeah. for me. I love his writing on Superman, who the character is in this book, and just seeing after watching the destruction of a planet and how low it brings you that he still is the one that is trying to talk Kyle through it. That yeah. just that is Superman to me. And seeing two of my favorite DC characters side by side having that emotional scene really was a highlight. I was very amused in this book that uh, Lobo gets hired to solve this problem, you know, of the of the you know deceased <laughs> wave. And, you know, the way he gets hired to do it is like, OK, 100 years of you know, want and pleasure and we will put our best minds to keep it interesting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like okay okay yeah, but you know like, okay I, i'll save your universe when you think of the dc universe i think it makes sense to throw lobo at this problem yeah. you know i i i'm I, I, honestly i was like that's actually a really good solution uh because if there is is somebody who can 
do it, I think it might be Lobo. Well, and we've got two issues left. Yeah. And we've got Lobo and we've got Alfred the Spectre. Yeah. Ready to kick some some undead ass for these last two issues. I will say, you know, the the one thing that I I hate about this series is that Tom Taylor is so good at thinking out of the box and doing different things with these characters. And I just kind of hate that we don't get to see it in the regular ongoing DC universe like Alfred as the Spectre. I just I really kind of love that. Yeah. And the fact that we're not going to get to continue seeing that. Uh, and, you know, the consequences of that, you know, is just, you know, is too bad. Uh, the, Especially because Alfred's dead now. Like, yeah, the perfect time. Perfect time exactly. to do something. You know, that, that is a good way to utilize that character now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Damn you, Tom yeah. King, killing my Alfred. Yeah. yeah well, and he would be, that would be a way they could bring him back that wouldn't feel like, I don't know, cheap. Right. Yeah. But anywho, I, I, I'm digging this book. Yeah, me too. And two more to go. Yeah. Well, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, from DC Comics, we have new issues of Action Comics, continuing the dawn of DC. Um, The final issue of Batman versus Robin, taking place after the whole Lazarus Planet crossover that I didn't read. (laughs) But but I'm still looking forward to the last issue of Batman versus Robin. Um, We also get the final issue of The Human Target from Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Looking forward to talking about that one. Um, new issues of Stargirl, The Lost Children, and Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. And from Image Comics, we have a new book from Jeff Lemire. Seems kind of interesting. Grindhouse horror meeting high concept supernatural fantasy. It's called Phantom Road. Mm. Mm. I have to check that one out. Yeah, sounds interesting. Well, we want to know what you thought about uh, Ant-Man Quantumania and what you thought about this week's books. Give us a call. 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And hey, we are uh, uh, talking about Star Trek Picard Season 3 over in the Star Trek with Aaron and Polly feed. So if that is in your wheelhouse, uh, give it a listen. Go over there and yeah. click on it. Yeah, check out Star Trek with Aaron and Polly on your favorite podcast provider. Very exciting. All right, guys. Well, let's do this again next week. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> let's, do it. let's do it next week. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Right. It sounds like we've got consensus. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.